On today's episode, Dave interviews John Barinholtz. John has been on Parks and Recreation, Outsourced, and Happy Endings on ABC. And with Rob Belushi, he's the other half of Barinholtz and Belushi, an improv duo that recently sold out their Chicago improv festival shows at Second City. John and Rob are also in Pie Guys, the Comedy Central digital series premiering in May 2014. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Your mom's uh, sisters. Yes, the uh-huh. two of the siblings that broke off and married two Jewish guys. And they're you know, brought up in a Christian town. And, right. uh, so I think of that already pissed off the family to right. begin with. Exactly. exactly. Uh, it's kind of crazy, those little things. I hope no one calls. Um, it's kind of crazy, those little things. Those things that I look at right now and go, that fucking shit doesn't matter. Like, I've got a friend who's uh, transgender. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, uh, uh, and I had pod- a podcast with her yesterday. And what she has gone through in her life yeah. and where things are right now, pretty awesome. Yeah. But still, there's a lot of fucked up people in Ohio, in Texas, in oh. Florida, in California. In California, absolutely. You know, Daryl Issa, that douchebag. Oh, my God. You know, for me, I feel, I look at him and I think, this is what I wish for him. I don't wish any ill, but I do wish that, I guess I do wish ill. I was going to say, you're a good man. Uh, but but I, this is what I wish. I wish that he got something, this is a Dave Rosowski curse. He should get something in his eye, yeah. like just a little piece of something in his eye. Not that it would make it bleed, but just that would keep bothering him. And he would have his friends, he'd come over to friends and go, would you take a look at, is it, is it, do you see anything? And they're going, like, I'm sorry, Daryl, I don't see anything. It's like, I'm sure there's something in there. And he'd go to an optometrist or an ophthalmologist, and they would go, Daryl, there's nothing there. But it hounds him for the rest of his life. It's, it's such a specific curse. I really it's, like that. Oh, I, it's I, another, I like that. another one. His, he should get a pain in his arm that no doctor can fix. That's another curse. It's just like, it's just annoying. It's annoying at him. That would be a sweet payback for him. That would be. That would, that would be. be. Yeah. That would be. But, you know, do you go back to Ohio? Mm-hmm. We're actually going back, uh, my brother too, we're going back 4th of July. It's going to be the first time all the cousins, and there's like, because there's, my mom has five siblings, or six siblings. It's and, Catholic. She's uh, Catholic. Uh, Protestant. Protestant. Yes. Uh-huh. And, they, and they all, but they all have like, you know, six kids. Right. And there's like, you know, it'll be the first time all the cousins <coughs> are together since like the 90s. Mm-hmm. But my, my mom is at the farm a lot of the time. There's my, a farm. Yes. My parents bought the farm in 90. Don't say it that way. Not like that though. They purchased right. the farm. Uh-huh. They purchased land. Uh, <laughs> that, that you can farm on. Yeah. You, you, could, you could or could not farm on. Uh, <laughs> they purchased that in 97 and it was the, it was where... She grew up. Like she grew up. In was, this. Yeah, keep talking. I'm gonna listen. But sure. Yeah, keep going. She grew up at this farm in Ohio, uh, and yeah, they they bought it, and it was re- kind of like a dumpy farmhouse. It was, I mean, it's gorgeous, but it was like run down. It was from the 1800s, and they kind of put their like nest egg into like fixing it up, and it's gorgeous now. And are they farming? The, <coughs> the, my mom has a little herb garden, and then we rent out. It's like. 70 acres, you rent out about 40 acres to people who grow sweet corn and soybean. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Monsanto's fucking all that up. How about that? Yeah. I, yeah. I, got, I mean, for me, I just, it, it rattles me. What? Because I feel like, and what's also happening is, <laughs> the planet is dying. And, and to me, the people that are, like my mom's siblings, they all, all the siblings live along this one road in Ohio. And... Uh, you know, all the siblings are there full time except my mom and one of her sisters who come like for three quarters of the year, and they they've they've gotten more and more polarized in the last as the country has in the last you know ten years. And uh, now it's like you either 
my mom will talk about whatever she wants to talk about, and then they're very polite Ohio. They will not acknowledge it. And if they do, like, you know, my mom's the crazy one who just right. talks about that stuff. But to me, like, they are global warming deniers, my, right. my mom's, or most of the siblings. And they're farmers. Right. And, like, they're getting killed. Right. They're getting killed. They, they're cattle and sweet corn. And, like, you know, the cattle not so much, but still because the grass can't grow, so they can't graze as much. But the, the sweet corn for sure. Right. They're, they got killed the last few years, and it's... But, but they're saying, you know, the cycles that happen, and it's going to be one of those cycles. But here, this is what I get. If, if, and <laughs> so there was this, there was this <laughs> book called The 1%, the 1% Doctrine. And The 1% Doctrine was this. Dick Cheney said, if there's 1% chance that terrorists are going to bomb, it's enough to make us, to bring us into action. What about if there's 1% that there's global warming... Why is that we were able to go into a war, but if there's 1% that there was global warming, that's not big, good enough for somebody to go, you know what, let's fucking be skeptical. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And <laughs> as an, I think as an improviser, um, as an artist, but certainly as an improviser, we get to be skeptical. We get to question things. We yeah. get to say, the, historically, I would act this way, but now I'm in a scene where I get to plot, I get to play out what it is that I would never play out before. Absolutely. And... When that kind of stuff happens in your in your improv in your art, it falls into your life. Yeah, I don't understand that narrow the narrow thinking. I don't get it either. It's it, it's it's crazy. I get very frustrated when I think about it. Uh -huh. But uh, it's yeah, it's it's something that uh, to me it's to me it's survival. Like it's right. That's something. It's very personal to me. It's personal right. to my uh, you know. My lineage, like I want to have kids, I want my, I want to have grandkids, and I'm scared. You know, like I, that's, I don't understand how more people aren't more scared. I don't understand it either, and I also believe that there's not enough conversation going on. Oh yeah. Um, I, uh, as I said, I know I've lost some friends with how political I, 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 I am. Not tend to be, but I am on yeah. Facebook. I'm very political, yeah. and my politics is all about let's get you up and let's get you, a, let's get you riled, and I want you. To uh, I, I've, I've I've said it before in my in my classes and I've said it before in the uh, the podcast. Uh, I will yell at you, but I'm not really yelling at <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm yelling with you. You just haven't started yelling yet. Yeah. And my feeling is, let's yell. Are you pissed off about it? Just if you yell once, yeah. just yell about it once. Yell about global warming once. Yell about gun control once. Yeah. And when we're improvising <coughs> or doing, excuse me, any kind of art. Um, a strong point of view will always get your point across. Mm -hmm. A strong point of view, a strong, like, what do you feel? Fucking say it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, that's, that's a thing where uh, uh, Rob and I, Rob Lucia and I, we do the show together. And right. We talk about that a lot. Uh, yeah, just outside of the shows, like when we're talking about the shows. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's so important for us to... Uh, we can we can pinpoint every moment, every bad moment of show. Like when we get out of the show, it's not a bad moment. Y yeah, or the, the moments where we we didn't act quick enough and we we didn't we didn't take action essentially. Love that, but yeah. it's not a bad moment. It's not a bad moment. No, no, no. I mean, it's you know? I mean, in the moment, it's like, oh, what the hell? What's happening? Right. But, you know. But, and but, if you go, oh, the hell? What's happening? You're not helping it. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. And, we, and we're we're very good at this point where, you know. If we come off the stage from a stinker, we can immediately laugh about it right. and know, like, and be kind of invigorated because it's like, oh, well, we know 
that we're going to be so on point for next time that we're going to be, it's going to be great. And you don't know that. And we don't know that. And the next time we blow it, and then it's the whole thing over again. Right. We've never had a good show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, you guys tour around a lot, though. Yeah, we did. We, we, we toured, uh, we've been touring since 2007, I think, like, or 2006, like a year after I got out of college. And Where'd you go to college? Colgate University, yes. upstate uh-huh. New York. Uh-huh. Uh, it's where Kerry went. Right. Uh, All the, you, that Colgate is like the Emerson people. I mean, that's a little coven. You it's know weird, I mean? yeah. It's really weird. Like, Colgate people are very tight. And Carrie, like, we'll have a show. We can have a show in, in Antarctica, and it'll be packed with Colgate people. <laughs> There's a lot of Colgate people who, who bought land in Antarctica. That's why. <laughs> I was in New York, and I was coming down from the... Uh, 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 what's it called? The, uh, the, Cat, the Catskills. Right? Yeah. Coming down the Catskills on the train, and there was a there was a fest that was you know like a a, a, a vegetable market. Fest. Okay. And there was a Colgate booth really? that the train passed by, and I don't know what they were passing by. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to Carrie, and I don't know if she was kidding, but Carrie said, "I think I know that person." And it's like, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> It was one of those schools, you know, three thousand people, so you right. you do recognize everyone. Wow, and it's, three thousand people. It's not that much. Right, and a lot of there's so many Colgate people out here. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's it's weird. It's it's a it's a very weird thing. And there's also a pretty cool tradition in Colgate where uh, you uh, you see out through your freshman class. So uh, so you go to eight graduations essentially. Uh huh. Oh really? Yeah. So your freshman year of college, you go if you can, you go to that graduation. You, you see your seniors' graduation. Then sophomore year, you see your seniors' graduation, and so you. And then once you're senior, you have your graduation. Then you come back for the next four years and see out your freshman class, which is pretty cool. And graduation well, weekend's like so much fun there. And right. Yeah. It's tiny. It's small. What city? Hamilton, New York. Hamilton, New York. Yeah. What made you go there? I. It's uh, a good question. I knew for some reason I, I knew I wanted to get to a coast, not actual beach coast, but east coast or west coast. I was right. born and raised in Chicago. Right. And, what part of Chicago? Uh, Irving and Lakeshore, like right by. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right by Wrigley. You you know there's not a, I'm, we're going all over the place with this yeah, no, no. this goes there's not a lot of us around yeah. who who here yeah. who grew up in, in the city. Chicago yeah because I grew up at I grew up at Pratt in California yeah you know uh, you were at Irving and Lakeshore is that what you said Irving and Lakeshore Buena and, was the street Buena right yeah. and you li- you went to what school Latin school you went to Latin downtown yeah. not downtown but near Second City yeah I went to Anshiamet for like day school and then right. and like fourth grade went over to Latin right yeah Anshiamet day school Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> that's, that's old but, school right there right but you you know you you grew up you grew up cons- with conservative uh for for judaism yeah yes uh we did and then essentially like the day after my bar mitzvah i think like i don't think it was like vocalized but my I think my parents were pretty much okay and, and i think it was led by my mom but like okay we're done with organized religion now <laughs> like, and, and what do you think about that i uh i wasn't like I don't think I had a strong feeling one way or the other. And like I said, it wasn't vocalized. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, thinking back on it, like later on, I still went to high holidays and so did my dad. Like we'd, we'd still go to like Aunt Shamit and like, mm-hmm. but then that just started becoming a thing like, ah, uh, instead of going for, you know, both Russia Hashanah and Yolk Kippur, we're just going for Yolk Kippur. And then right. like, uh, eventually just kind of phased it out. And I kind of tried to reconnect with it at Colgate. Right. Just because it's like new people, like new community, like check out their Hillel. Hillel, right. And uh, I really hated it there. Uh, I hated the Hillel. Like I just didn't like the guy who ran it. Right. And uh, not that he was a bad guy. I was just like, I was like, oh, this is, 
way more boring than I remember. I think I kind of... It's got to be charismatic. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, 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 re I believe that whoever is in charge of that thing needs to be, needs to, and, and, and this is what happens when we're improvising too, uh, needs to be, uh, you need to show your spirit. Yes. And when I say spirit, you know, ruach and all that spirit, but it's also <laughs> the idea of, well, ruach is, the word ruach means spirit in Hebrew, but it also means mm -hmm. wind, which yeah. is very interesting. Because spirit means wind as well. Yes. Inspiration, to be spirited. Uh, so there's a lot of that going around. And if you are, when you are uh, uh, around people that you're, that you're drawn to, it's because they're bringing out a spirit in Absolutely. you. Absolutely, it feels the fire. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. And what you and Rob do is you you fuel each other's fire. He's so much fun to play with. He's he's one of those guys that we've been through so much like outside of improv. Like right. we've just kind of grown together like mm -hmm. since two thousand and six. Right. I and mean, we started out like we were we were hustling. I mean we 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 need, we wanted to start making money doing what we love to do. Right. But we weren't good enough to do that yet. So uh -huh. we we started pitching gigs to like like far enough away from Chicago where they couldn't like, they wouldn't really know about us, like right. like Ohio. Like, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we were like little towns in Ohio. We had a buddy from ours in Chicago who was from Ohio and we started like booking little local gigs in Ohio. So we'd rent a van and we'd get like, this town was called Van Wert, Ohio. It's near, uh, near they call it Lima, but I believe it's Lima. Mm -hmm. In Ohio it's, it's Lima and South America, it's Lima. They don't know how to right. pronounce anything. Well, it's the same with Cairo in yeah. Illinois and Cairo and all yeah, that they, stuff, right? They won't acknowledge it. No, no. Well, there's another city? Yeah, but I believe it. Yeah. We, we would rent a van and we'd get a couple stand ups and we'd drive to these like small towns in Ohio and play these shows and we'd make. So you like, get two stand ups and then you guys would do improv? We'd get three, three or four stand ups usually and we would MC and do short form games in between. Got it. And that was kind of like the start of it and it was. It was fun. I mean, some shows, at best case, we'd break even just because paying for gas and stuff. Right. Uh, most of the time, we'd lose a couple hundred bucks doing it. But then, then eventually, we started like, kind of like we'd ask for more money right. and uh, just got more and more confident doing that. And, like, it's also you became more and more businesslike. You became mm -hmm. more and more aware of how that works. And and what what I think a lot of people don't do is exactly what you're doing. They're sitting back waiting for Second City to hire them. They're sitting back waiting to be put on this team or that team where, man, to, to get up and go. And yeah. I, we used to hustle when when the annoyance was on um, right off the Belmont L. Yeah. Uh, years and years ago. I don't know. You were probably too... You know. I, I, the, the most recent annoyance, or the oldest annoyance that I remember is the one that was... Not the annoyance, I'm dogs. I.O. When oh, okay, I, okay. IO, but yes. the annoyance was at IO when IO was at a place called Cross Currents, which yeah. is now a vacant lot, right across the street from what used to be the Army Navy surplus store, which is right next to the L. Anyway, it's a lot of Chicago history right now. That's right great. there, right there, right there. <laughs> and I walk in and go, "Well, I don't know what city I'm in." But we used to, when we did an annoyance show, yeah. I used to work at a, pr a printing shop. I would print up flyers. I would buy a ticket to get on the L. I wouldn't take the L. I would get. I wait for the people to come off the L, and I would just hand that we're doing a show, we're doing a show, we're doing, awesome. a show we're doing a show, we're doing a show. And, you know, I spend most of my time, John, at that computer yeah. doing promotion and publicity for me. It's great. It's, a, it's, it's investing time into what you're passionate about, and that's like, it's, again, that's the whole, it's, it's the whole spirit thing. If you get, you know, if you can pull people along with you for that, that's awesome. You know? Right. That's but how many people do. don't? So many. Like, more people don't. So many. Obviously, more it, people don't. It's very easy not to, and Chicago's a very tricky... Uh, it's a very interesting, like, problem in Chicago with improvisers, I think, because it's, 
the way the system is set up in Chicago, it's it's so it's amazing. There's nowhere else like it in the world. Like you're so encouraged to try anything, and uh, you really can play fearlessly because the stakes are nothing. The stakes are what you put on it, right? And that's such like a beautiful thing where you don't get you don't get it in New York, you don't get it out here, uh, you really don't get it anywhere else. Like Chicago is the place for it, and you have amazing teachers there, right? Just the whole infrastructure is there, yeah. Uh, and at the same time, it's easy to get caught up in just that aspect of this, the system. That aspect and being what? You do four shows, five shows a week in Chicago, which you can do. You can do right. five shows a week, and they can all be sold out because people go to the theater in got Chicago. It, got it, got it, got Chicagoans right. are awesome. Right. And you kill five shows in a week, and you feel awesome. You, you, you know that you're, you're on your game, right. and you're seeing the Matrix, you know, and you're like, right. your shows are awesome. And you feel satisfied by that. And uh, that can allow you to sometimes not take that next step of how do I turn this into my career? Because, uh-huh. because <clears throat> that, that feeling of like uh, the love of what you're doing is satisfied. So uh-huh. it, what it, made you move? It, it was, uh, I, I did the school at Steppenwolf in 2000. That's right. Rob told me that. Yeah. And that, oh, so the woman that was sitting here was Alexandra Billings. Oh my God, I was going to ask that. I yeah. love her. She's yeah. a person that changed my life. Mm-hmm. And she was one of my teachers. She was my right. viewpoints teacher. And yeah, it's like, and Kim Rubenstein, did you work with Kim too? Kim came in the last like two weeks, Got like it. when Alex went out of town. Right. Loved, loved right. Kim too. She's right. so sweet. Alex was like the force of that program. She's like, I mean, that program, I don't even know what it would be without her and, you know, a handful of other people. She's just. Who are the other people? Sheldon. Right. Was, uh, that's who our improv group is named after. <laughs> Sheldon was uh, the improv guy. Mm hmm. Uh, uh, Jeff Perry right. was uh, hey, one of the lit guys. Hey, buddy. Love him. Buddy. <laughs> Everybody's a Jeff Perry and a Harry Carey. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff Perry's this. Hey. That's <laughs> <laughs> spot on. That's spot on. He was great. We, uh, Al Wilder's another one of the yeah, guys. Yeah, right? Uh, right. This was, I went the summer that they did, that August Osage was written and came out. Uh-huh. So all of our teachers were in that show. God damn it. So it was like they were doing the show at night that we, you knew at the time was like, this is going to be, this is bringing theater back. It really did revive like the dramatic play. Don't you love that play? It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Did you see it once? I saw it once. I saw it three times. Oh my God. I, I wish it. I could see it three times. I loved it. I fucking loved it. It was amazing. It, it, it cha- that's a play that changed my life. A couple plays changed my life. That changed my life. Equus changed my life. And Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf changed my life. Yeah. And because though all those plays are about who you are, well, most plays are about that. But who you are, but but hold that the second act, which is a three-act play, August Osage Honey, and I've talked about it in the podcast before. At the end of the second act, when Amy Morton's character says, "I'm in charge yeah. now," there is that is as powerful a, that is as powerful a p that is as powerful a point in a play that you will ever ever see, and it's what we. I'm go literally, for. I'm getting tingles just like the thinking about it right, right? now. Like, it it really we, is a crazy moment. It's what we go for in improvisation. Yeah, don't you go for if you are if you if you're in long form. Yeah. I'm working with a group right now, and um, let's see. Can I talk about this? I'm working with a group right now, <laughs> and there's a couple of people in my. It's a duo class at Second City okay. that I'm teaching. 
And um, there are a couple of people in my class who, I'm sure they won't listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a test. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, there are a couple of people in, my, in this class who want to do the standard walk around talk fucking yammer bullshit masturbate fucking that stuff on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I'm stopping them going, be where it is that you are, and I'm introducing viewpoints to what it is that they're doing, and I'm saying, be in duration of shape, of spatial relationship, and talking about stuff that most people don't know about, but yeah. at that moment, they're going, when can we talk? You keep telling us we can't talk. It's like, <laughs> I don't want, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what you and Rob do, having that background at yeah. Steppenwolf, is it's, phenomenal. We, when we started our two, so we <clears throat> toured for a while, like doing short form and stuff, when we started our two-man, it was, we started doing this two-man show that I think at the time was called either just Baron Holtz and Belushi or these two guys or something. And I was in Steppenwolf at the time. And at nights, we'd do the show at I.O. And we would, Rob had done Steppenwolf the year before me. And we'd warm up in the back alley with viewpoints. And I'd never done that for an improv show before. And we, we got in the zone. Like, it was, those shows were so much fun. And I, I never felt, uh, uh, more in my body as uh, an improviser in a good way. Uh, because your body's telling you where to move. Yeah. And, 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 and again, that body that we have, you know, yesterday I was talking to Alex, she just called it a sausage casing. Yeah. You know, and it's a fucking sausage casing. <laughs> I love her. You know, and, <laughs> right? Oh man, she told this story. I, I hope you get a chance to hear it yeah. uh, on the podcast. She I'll, told I'll this story that sure. ended the, it was just a beautiful story. But, but essentially the body that you have that right now it's just an emotional delivery system. And those of us who are actors are aware of this is my way of portraying it. And if you're going to sit and be a motherfucking talking head yeah. and not be aware that you're doing gestures, you're doing tempo and tone, which isn't what... Tone is, is architecture. So you're, you're doing all of these things and people... And, and it's what I talk about in class, and follow me on this, with viewpoints, because both of us, both of us know viewpoints. Yes. So you and I are doing a scene... Then while anything that I do, <clears throat> I know that you know that I know that you know yeah. what I'm doing. Yes, yes, absolutely. absolutely. It's not just I know what you're doing. It's not just I know that you know that I what I know what I'm doing. It's this deeper level. There's code a bond thing. and there's like a trust that 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 is allowed to be created because of it. Right, and that and that is observation. Yeah. I am observing you. You've got to know that I see you. Yeah. I'm watching you. Even though I don't see you, I know where you are. Yeah. I might not be looking at you, but I see you. Absolutely, absolutely. There's there's an awareness, right? And I, and I think like a lot of, begin. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's very hard to. That's why I mean that. And that's what all the work is. You know, up, you know, the first few years improvising. That's the work is to get to a point where you can, forget all that, and then slip into that point where you are aware. You know, right? Like, right. Because when right. you try to be aware, you you can't be. You you have to. You, well, you have to know what awareness is. Yes. And yes. when you say I try, I'm trying to be aware. All that you're aware of at that moment is you're saying you're trying to be aware. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, 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 I'm I'm teaching a group in um, Maui. I'll be teaching a group in Maui. I know it's, it's huge improv scene. Huge improv scene. <laughs> you know what? And here's the thing: they're not improvisers. Oh, really? So I'm teaching a group in Maui who are not actors, oh, wow. and I'm very excited to work with those people because they don't have those things that everybody in the Second City class who's very fucking frustrated because they don't get it. But you work with the Steppenwolf. Anybody who's coming to a Steppenwolf uh, at one of their classes, yeah, they're able to go. Oh, fill me up, man. Just yeah. fucking fill me up. I, everything that I've known prior to this does not matter at this moment. Yeah. What matters at this moment? Then I'm with you. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it, and it's it's a tough place to get to, but it's such an awesome place. Like, it, it it's great when you can get there too. Um, 
Yes, it is great. I, I'm only hesitating. I'm not hesitating. I'm just thinking I kind of fell into a little, uh, a wonderful little well there of how do we train people to be aware? Because I think that what ends up happening is the training that we get at all the places that train and certainly the training that we get at a couple places out here, I think are detrimental to being in the moment, being aware in the moment. Because yes. it's, bring, it's asking you to bring in things that aren't me observing your uh, duration of shape. Yes. And, 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 and you being in the moment right now and what is it that you're offering me right now? I, th I think it's, it's tough to directly answer like what gets you there, but I think, I think it's a combination of, you know, first learning the language of how to express that to yourself in your mind. Like, isn't and, it, and viewpoints gives you a language. Like, but isn't it before that? Isn't it, it even before that? Well, it is, before that it is, is because, because there's, there's a knowledge from just being as, as a human, like, you know, right. where, where you recognize these patterns, but you don't have the language to really... But there's also something that I think goes deeper than that, yeah. and, that <laughs> and that is there's nothing, Yes. and then there's something that we put on nothing. So what I mean by that is there is a calmness, Yes. there's a sound that is the sound of silence, and then there's the sound that's on top of that. There is an emotional stillness that we have as mm -hmm. humans, and then there's everything that we place upon that. So as an improviser, we have to make people recognize the fact that, take a moment now, before we do anything, Feel the feeling of nothing. Yeah. And feel that there's going to be a pull, and that pull is going to be, identify it. Don't. Yeah. Just live with it. And it's what, what Alex was talking about yesterday. I asked her about fear, and she said, I live with the fear. I live with fear. Yeah. I just live with it, because it's going to go away. Yeah. But in, before we start identifying shit, naming it, we have to name the nothingness of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, th and that is, I, I think a lot of being able to get to that point is. What point? The point where, where you can, what I, I guess what I would call playing free, like uh, on stage or, uh, or be, you know, that feeling of being in the zone. Uh, and I think to get there, you need to, uh, which is a product of acknowledging this, the stillness and the mm -hmm. silence um, mm -hmm. and being okay with it. Right. Uh, I think it's a combination of like, you have to, it is important to go through, you know, these hundreds of shows to, to know, just, it's muscle memory and, and knowing like, your, your brain's a lot smarter than you give it credit for, I think. Like your brain's really, it is in touch with your body, whether you are or not. And also your body's in touch with your brain. Absolutely. And I think it's a combination of that and also like being active outside of performing. Like, like it's, it's life. It's, it, that's why, you know, people who stay at it and like. Uh, who stay at what? Who, who stay at keeping in motion, just who stay at, who keep, keep performing improv and keep, uh -huh. uh, you know, exploring new things in their life and, uh -huh. uh, and, and are hungry, you know, like hungry, hung, for what? hungry to learn and hungry to, you know, Live. discovery. Right. Uh, uh -huh. I think that, that makes people get like better. Uh, those two things feed each other. Like you look What's at guys like, like TJ and What's Dave or like. What's better mean? Because I, I have a problem get, with the word better. I have a problem with the word better. Yeah. Because I, I don't think there's any such better, thing. Better, for, I, I guess, uh, th that spot of like the, the feeling of like being in the zone. Because yes. Okay, like, fine, fine. But you understand that when, when you say better, yes. this is my new thing. You're bringing in the past to now. So if I ask you how you're feeling and you say better, I'm not asking you how you felt. Sure. I'm not asking you to compare anything. 
So when you say, you know, you, you're doing better, it's comparative to something else. Exactly. Yes. So what, when, you're, when you're saying it just now, yeah. when you mean better, what you mean is being in the zone? Yes, and I guess growth is the word because you know, uh -huh. you know, you can be way worse at a point five years on the line, but technically, you know, you you have grown more. So, so growth, I guess, is the word. Right, and, and you are, and and you are where it is that you are is where you are. Absolutely, and that's great. And I think, but I think a lot of people go, well, I want to be further down the road, but you can't be further down because everything that you're experiencing, because everything that we're doing is not about product, it's about process. Absolutely. And improv is all, and improv, the training of improv is just like the scene of improv. Yeah. Because it's just, we're watching you be in process while you're performing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think there's, there's just something to... When I when I came back to Chicago first out of college, I jumped into all the classes. I did like annoying Second City and I O and at one uh, time. At one time. Whoa! And to me, I, if if people ask advice like, "Oh, would you want? Would you do that again if you had to?" Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I think no matter what, whether you do all of them in one year or uh, do each one, uh, space like you know Second City for a year, I O for a year, annoying for a year. It still takes that amount of time to process. Like I all did, did them all in one year. I didn't start realizing what I learned until three or four years later. Right. Uh, but and that's because uh, I, I kept exploring it and uh, also didn't just like sit on my couch waiting for an improv show, go to an improv show, and come back and that's it. Like there's life that happens outside of that, and that's what you can bring to your experience, and that's what makes you, you know, that's what gives you your point of view and makes you unique on stage. Otherwise. You're a talking head coming up with witty jokes and go play the game at UCB. Okay, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. The UCB is great. UCB is funny. UCB is very funny. You know? no, I don't find it to be that funny. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've talked about it before. It's like I wonder why I don't get invited to any UCB parties. Um, <laughs> That's I'm neither do I. They don't anyone over thirty. It's it's a no. <laughs> I don't. For me, again, I've mentioned this before. I can walk and watch in that like walk. Go to Franklin yeah. and see people on that block waiting to get in. Yeah, you know, that long line. John, I don't know anybody in that line. How could I be out here twenty years and not know a motherfucker in that line? It's sort of like I feel like, am I a ghost? Is this doppelganger town? Is there another place called UCB on another side of the town where everybody in line, at least ten people, I know ten people, they don't have to know me. No, no, I just no. know them. I'm not asking to be spotted. Um, uh. But but I I think that. One of the things, there's this class at I.O., a level three, that Seth Whiteberg, I think, put together okay. called You. It's, the, it's a level three class. Okay. I mean, it's, a, it's, their, uh, it's their class, the level three class, right. And it's You, and it's about this. Who are you? What's your point of view? Holding on to your point of view, knowing what point of view is, knowing who you are as an actor in that moment, being still with it, and I think that is great because any structure cannot... You cannot live in any structure if you don't know who the fuck you are. Absolutely. And I think it's I think that's great and I think that's like a, a great thing to try to like to strive for and that I mean that's what keeps life interesting, right? Is because even if you may nail who you are today and like know it, but tomorrow or a year from now you're a different person. I mean look like are you the same as you were ten years ago? Well, I gotta tell you, I didn't I'd never talked to you before. Yeah. And I'm a different person just by talking to you. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. You know? And that's we're we're constantly changing, and that's and, and we are constantly growing. Right. And uh, that that is that is 
for me, one of the best goals of improv is to find out uh, who you are and what your point of view is. And I remember, I remember I, I had like two bad tour co-auditions in Chicago. And I mean, great first rounds, and then as soon as there's other people in the room, I'm did you like, did you hands. eventually get into Turco? I I left Chicago. Uh, I I had like the year that I had the momentum, I was like, oh, I think I could probably. That was I, I was just like I would wanted to move to LA since '07, but I got Steppenwolf, which kept me in Chicago because right. I ate up all my savings and like right. time and stuff. How long is that program? It's a ten week program, uh-huh. and you can't have a job during it. Like I was I was set to move to LA in August of '07, and then. I found out in April that I got in. I was like, I, I got to do this. And then that literally, you know, it was the most best experience of my life, but it put me in debt for a year. And like, right. I had to like... How much was it? Uh, it was three grand, I think, or 2,500. Uh-huh. But you, you know, this is like when that was my savings. That was my move right. out to LA money. Right. And I was like, oh, I'll still move out in August. I'll just work during it. But you, 12 hours a day. I mean, you're 10 hours at the school and then take homework, and there's, there's no way you can... I had a job for a week, and I, I left. I quit. Right. Because I couldn't do it. So you were doing that. You had a tour co-edition. I, I, I derailed all that. Yes, yes. So I I, uh, yeah, I had a couple bad tour co-editions, or not, just bad callbacks, and, and the word bad just meaning I froze up and uh, never felt, never felt <laughs> good at tour co-editions. Uh-huh. And I, I have... Uh, Rob Lush, I always laugh yeah. with him because... Same with him. Like he <coughs> always felt like he did horrible. He he got hired by the Torco. Uh, did he tour? He toured with I think Redco or Blueco for a while. Yeah. Um, and then he did Second City Vegas. But uh, that's right. I remember Beth Klegerman called me in her office, and I was like, "Hey!" And this right when the boats were becoming really big too. And I was like, "Hey, you know, I'd be interested in doing a boat." Like, I, and I I'm very interested in you know becoming a part of Torco. Like, what can I do to do that? And I remember like, and I didn't know Beth that well. And I remember she said, uh, she said, John, you're funny, but what's your point of view? And I just, I didn't know how to answer that. And, and for the record, I think it's a bullshit question. Like, I don't think anyone you sit down to be like, and especially when you say it like, and especially someone you don't know that well, to be like, hey, what's your point of view? It's almost like, screw you. Like, don't, don't ask me. That's like years of, that's like my, my person, like who I am. Like, do you want me to tell you like who I am? And how do you do that? Exactly. And right. She gave a couple of examples, and this is not a knock on Beth. It's just, I mean, I was also like an angry like, kid in his mid 20s. Right. Uh, being like, why am I getting hired? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and keep talking and fill up our glass. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, was, I was just like, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how to answer that. And then that really started getting me thinking. Like, she gave a couple of examples of like, this guy who's in Turk on this guy in Turk have very specific points of views. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, that like, yeah, I can force something out and like take issue with something that that isn't a problem, but like acts that I have a strong viewpoint on it. Right. Uh, but I didn't feel like that, and, and and it bugged me. This happened, I think, right around the time I got into Steppenwolf, and it it really bugged me that I couldn't really answer that question. And then and then Steppenwolf happened, and I was like, oh, like I'm fine. Like there's nothing wrong with. I couldn't pinpoint a point of view for myself, and then I realized that's totally fine. Like I don't even—I didn't even know what that question meant, really. And now uh, I think it just comes with age, and like you discover what you like and dislike, and what but makes you happy, and what you makes you uncomfortable. But it's also you feeling the confidence in taking that point of view. Yes, taking a point of view. Because when yes. you guys are doing a scene, you and Rob both have differing points of view. Which is something, as a beginning improviser, I 
I didn't jump That's on. what I'm like, saying. I didn't jump on. That's I, what I'm I was saying. waiting to jump in for a funny line exactly. or a funny walk on. But like, it's that, like, I think that what we need to do in improvisation is stop teaching improvisation and start, stop immediately teaching improvisation and start teaching that, the, the concept of mindfulness, the concept yes. of awareness, the concept of calm, the concept of here, the concept of nothingness, the concept of non-attachment. Yes. And then we can layer everything because Buddhism, uh, improvisation is theatrical Buddhism, if you want. Sure. You know, we are in the moment, at this moment, and all that matters is this moment. The step that I'm going to take is not the step. The step that I'm going to take is the step that I'm taking. Does that make sense? Yes. I am here. What happened in the past doesn't matter. Absolutely. And so, you know, Hitchcock got it right when he was talking about the MacGuffin. That object that happens at the beginning yeah. of, a, of a movie, you know, Janet Lee takes the, you know, everybody forgets what Janet, what brought Janet Lee. She just, you know, for, in people's minds, Psycho starts out with her at the front desk of the hotel, <laughs> at the motel, the base hotel. And that's not what happens, mm -mm. you know? But, but you've got to realize that there's this thing called a MacGuffin, and, and you surrender off. the MacGuffin, and you let it the fuck go. Yep. But in order to have what it is that you're doing, you've got to know, once you define it, it exists. So the, the definition of calm, the definition of you enter a scene, you look anxious to me, great. Yeah. That's all. Absolutely. And that used to freak me out, you know, that used to be like, like oh my God, you look nervous, and now I feel nervous, and it's, right. you know, that used to freak me out, but now it's like, Great. But what I'm saying is that person's nervousness is the gift that they're giving you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's their choice right then, whether they, whether they have control over it or not, and it's a great thing. And for me, they need to be an empty vessel that you fill up with. Yep. Carl, stop being nervous. And they get to sit there and go, oh, I guess I was nervous. Absolutely. Or thinking that in their head. Absolutely. And my name is Carl. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Instead of saying, hey, it's really great that you came here to the running of the Bulls at Pamplona. I'm really glad that you, you I know that you're an astronaut. That's my go-to line. That's, right? <laughs> that's why I'm saying it to you. It's like, we're going to have an intervention. Everybody come out. But it's that feeling of get the who, the what, and the where out right away. Get the game of the scene out right away, which makes you go. <gasps> and I also believe that that's a young man's game. Absolutely. For me, I don't want to do it, man. Absolutely. Rob and I, when we teach our workshop, uh, it's funny because we are... I would say 90% aligned on ever, uh, our philosophy and, and how we like to play. And, uh, and there's like a 10% divergence where it's like, uh, he is very much a, those, that first sentence should have your who, what, and where, and should be set and should be done. And I'm not. <laughs> and uh, so we're teaching a workshop actually. Uh, At CIF. Yeah, we're in this Saturday. And I, and I know like, it's fun. Like we, we teach, our, you know, what what is, I guess, our brand up for the first, like, you know, hour of the workshop, and then he'll go into his thing, and then I'll come out and be like, that's great. I mean, we totally disagree on this, and here's here's what I think. Right. And uh, that's fun. I mean, it's... I, I, I think that there's room for it all, but when I hear people talk about get the who, the what, and the where, where, where I feel like, well, he's wrong. <laughs> um, but then you also have the annoyances, you know, there are a lot of people going, ah, I don't know what the fuck this is about and turning on whatever, yeah. uh, Mark Maron or whatever the fuck they're, but uh, they, they're, uh, a, a lot of, uh, Mick talks about getting, you know, taking care of your partner, taking care of yourself first and take care of your partner. That's what our workshop essentially like, right. it's, it's rude, like that's, uh, I think Rob probably found most, his most growth at Second City uh, by doing Turco and I've, 100% found mine at annoyance, and uh, but we are both we've adopted annoyance like both of us just because it changed you know. I love it how we solve things. Yeah, yeah, it, and it's just it's also interesting. 
to talk about it in this fashion because this art has changed so much. And oh anybody God, that's, yeah. that's doing art, and it, when we look at the history of improvisation, looking back on it in the, in the short amount of time, the 30 years that I've been doing it, uh, looking back on improvisation, Jesus Christ, um, <laughs> <laughs> like so much shit has changed yeah. because it's gotten back to its roots of theatricality, I believe. You were around for the first walk-on. I, I, I was, right, someone, so, yeah, I was around for the first walk-on, and, uh, and, and there was a tag-out, and I kept hitting the guy, going, why aren't you leaving? He's like, stop hitting me. That had been No, exactly, it's like, and then later on, he went, oh, why didn't you explain it to me? It's like, what? What? Explain what? <laughs> but all that stuff, you know, and there's so much of that going on, and people talking about what Dell would do and all that sort of stuff. But what I loved about Dell was he always moved forward. He was always trying he would something be new. Furious if he knew that you, the only form you could do is the Herald. Right, right. He, right, yeah. right, right, right. I don't know what they're doing over there. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, but I. There's also something that happens here too, which is the union of great minds. The fact that that they're, they're you know, improv duos. Who were they back then? Yeah. There weren't any. No, no, there weren't. Burns and Shriver. I think they did. You know, uh, 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 Jack Burns and Avery Shriver. They did sketch. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. They were, yeah, they were right. Um, uh, Elaine May and. Um, uh, Mike Nichols, they did sketch and short form too, kind of right. Well, no, no I don't think they did games. I don't okay. think that, you know. I don't think they did games. I don't, you know, I don't. That was the Keith Johnstone thing. I don't. Oh, okay, what are they? Games, my God, games. Oh my God, games. No, I didn't. can't do it. Dude, we just came out. You know, we, Rob and I've been touring outside of our long form show, which we love and we're passionate about. We were doing a short form tour for the last like a year and a half, and that's like. <clears throat> and the thing is, that it's very fun. It is, uh, but sometimes you want to kill yourself. <laughs> How many times can you do whatever game that you're going to be doing? I, I, I the answer is uh, infinite, apparently, and and uh, the question is when you stop finding joy in it, and it's after the first time. Uh, A lot of people love it, and I and and it's like because I'm going to Australia, and they're talking about well, do you want to join? I can't even do an Australian accent yet, but what, <laughs> short form down there, right? <laughs> um, do you uh, uh, you want to do a short form? Uh, and I was like, God. I don't, I, no, I, yeah. no, I think I'm going to say no, but I will watch it for a bit yeah. if there's liquor. <laughs> they don't drink in Australia. No, they don't. They don't. So they, don't. they don't. The, the term for alcohol, Australian for alcohol, is water. <laughs> that was bad. Um, but the idea of short form game just makes me, just makes me go, okay, great. Okay, good. Fine. Fine. I don't, that's not, that's not for me. Yeah. I love the, the acting of it all. I love yeah. the fact that, and it's why I used to smoke pot, and I still smoke pot periodically, but the idea of, I, w I am feeling the natural Dave Rizowski, but I want to, I want to feel something different. So I'm going to get high and feel something different. Yeah. It's the same thing when I start a scene. When I start a scene, I am feeling this particular thing, and there's going to come a point when I reach, I'm going to reach a point in a scene where, Pardon me. I'm going to feel different. You're going to have to change. Yeah, yeah. I am. I, and, and here's the thing. I look forward to that change, and I'm anticipating the change. I start a scene, and what I'm looking for is that revelation. When's that moment going to fucking happen in that scene where I go, I have just been affected by yeah. it? Yeah. And it's you live and you know what we do? We do it every fucking day. Every time we go to a restaurant, you Absolutely. look at a menu and you're looking for that thing that changes you. Absolutely. You know? Or, I mean, any time, like, I, I was just walking, like, when I was walking to my car to get here, I was, like, in a good mood walking to my car, and a, one of those, like, chopper motorcycles, like, boom, like, right by me, and just right. in my ears, like, 
And I got angry real quick. I was like, ah, oh, okay, it's not that big of a deal, but it changed, you know. Right. That moment changed me for a second. But, but <laughs> and one of the great things in that mood. moment is you can either be, either, you can either be, <laughs> like, it's shocking. So that's yeah. a kinesthetic response. Yes. So it's shocking in that moment. And at that moment, then you get to choose what your next move is going to be. Yeah. Your next move at that moment, you did two next. You did a move, a next move and then a move after that next move. Your next move was, fuck that, make a noise. And the other one was, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know? But people go, that happened and it made me this. It didn't make you anything. Yeah. You decided to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in improvisation, there are times where you're feeling one particular thing and then suddenly you feel something else. Let go of that which, surrender that which brought you to that place and now jump on the chopper that is going to take you to that next place. Which I think why annoyance is, was my favorite place to come up because they, they, that whole philosophy of taking care of yourself right. uh, to take care of your partner, I, I so firmly believe in that because if you know what you're doing and what your intention is, if if that gets derailed, that's totally fine because you're starting off in touch with yourself. And, right. and you will continue to be in that process throughout the scene as long as you stay focused, you know? And I, right, as long as you stay focused and present. I love it. And, and Susan Messing said something. It was, it was posted online on a, on a website called People and Chairs, which is just a great website. People and Chairs. Okay. Um, Sally Small, Smallwood in, uh, uh, in Toronto puts it together. And apparently, apparently Susan said... If if you're thinking, in, in regards to the scene, if you're thinking, you're not with me, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, Yogi Berra says you can't think and hit at the same time, which I think is awesome too. Yeah. But we we get to celebrate that moment that we're in in this moment, which I think is great. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I refer to it now because I stole my brother referring his way he refers to it as uh, your brother's Ike. Yes, yes, and he. He refers to it when, when you were in that zone, you know, whatever, right. whatever you want to call that, uh, where you're not thinking and you're just doing. Uh, some people call that play. Some people call that, you know, the chi or whatever. He he just, you know, he says it's like seeing the, like when Neo sees the Matrix. Right. You know? like, and, it, and it's like that. And you're just, you're floating through and it's such a great feeling and you just want to get back. You want to live in there. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So that second, the end of the second act at... Um in August Osage County, yes. you, you say, that moment, that's the moment. The moment where everything fucking explodes. And Julia Roberts did a really great job of it in the movie. I, didn't, I haven't seen the movie. Well, uh, spoiler alert. Um, she does a really <laughs> great job of it in the movie. So she reaches a point in that movie. She, but it's that, it's that the pressure, this is what I teach. I teach something called pressure, tension, and dynamic. So it's that pressure, putting the pressure, putting the pressure, putting the yeah. pressure, until something explodes. And that's what we're fucking going for. And when you lose your point of view, if you go on one, two, three, four, five, the pressure moving up, and you go one, two, three, one, one, two, one, one, two, no, one, two, three, four, five, boom. Now what? Yeah. That exciting feeling that you have. What is that? Just fucking keep going, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. It's very cool. And isn't that why you... <laughs> it's the reason we have sex with people, is yeah. to get to that five and go, okay, now I get I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the foreplay. <laughs> you're in for the, well, you're in for the foreplay, not the five play. Yeah. It's like one, two, three, foreplay. <laughs> that is awesome. One, two, three, foreplay. I've been teaching that for a long time and haven't put it. But it's yeah. But it, there is a, that about the foreplay. No, you know, because the foreplay is what takes you to that next level. And when you're at that next level, what do you do then? Yes, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. 
It's crazy. And we get to go into a zone. We get to start realizing. I remember the first time that I did a scene where I realized, I walked off stage, I was like, I knew exactly where I was. I knew everything that was going. And when I said exactly where I was, I, I mean, what the set looked like. Oh, know? yeah. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. It really That's is. That's the Matrix moment, right? Yeah. yeah. It really is. And I mean, to, to go back to the, to the annoyance again, and like uh, the other place in Chicago I love, like IO and yeah. Love and Second City is amazing uh, and really helped me become the person I am. But an annoyance is really the place where you could take huge risks and it, the consequence was there was nothing. It, it, you could you could jump off the cliff at the annoyance and like it was and it was welcomed and it was encouraged and it still wasn't easy. It wasn't like, oh, it's easy to do because that, but they created a space where you could do that. And that was the place like that. I, I remember like, you know, the three month period where like, I because rem it didn't happen in one show or it's like a three month period, of, like breaking out of my shell to become like very comfortable. And it was at the annoyance. And it was because of how protected you are there. Right. And I, I love that place. Right. I, I hope it's around forever. And what's I hope protected mean? It's something that we create ourselves. I mean, you're protected if you want to be protected. You know, but like, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, uh, to allow yourself to be emotionally vulnerable Got and, it. and take a chance Got and it. know that uh, you know it's going to be fine after that, no matter what happens. Right. And you're encouraged to be vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. And I think I know me personally. I had a hard time with that at I/O when I was first coming up. Like I talked about this with Rob a lot. Uh, but, uh, you know, my brother did the annoyance, but he was also a huge, huge I.O. guy and had a very big presence there, I think. Uh, and I know he had a lot of his, you know, when the new, new annoyance opened, it was all me and my buddies and, like, the old generation was around there, but, like, it was really, like, we had the theater and it was such an amazing feeling. That was our place. And I.O., there were, you know, my teachers were always, like, guys around who came up with my brother and I, I just always felt like, and whether it was correct or not, I just always felt a, a judgment there that I put on myself. Like, right. a guy have shoes to fill, and this is very tough. And oh boy, the, it's the worst way to it's the worst way to, to live your to life. Live life, and to and especially for improv when you need to play free, you couldn't. I could never do it at IO until I broke through annoyance, and then I came back and was like, oh, it's of it's, course, it's fine. It's about confidence. Yes, and it, and it's and and I love what you said because you really well, you said well, ultimately you're you're in charge of protecting yourself. Um, Protecting? Is that what you said? Yes. Uh, ultimately, you're in charge because it is that 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 idea of okay, listen, everybody. Confidence is just something that you agree that you have with yourself. Yes. Confidence is something that you say, I am going to be confident. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that's really the way that it is. It's not going. To, it's not the same as I am going to be rich. It's I am going to be confident. But here's it now. Thinking about it, yeah. It's not about saying I'm going to be confident. Yeah. It's about saying I'm confident. Yes. Because I'm not going to do anything. Because <laughs> you can say you're going to be confident until you are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so if you want to say that you are going to be confident, say I'm confident, and yes. then start the fuck now. Start now. Yeah. Now you and Rob and the three guys in the van who went down to. <laughs> Van Wert, Ohio, <laughs> you know, next to Lima Lima. Yeah. Like, like you guys didn't, there wasn't a moment where you said, this is not going to work out. Yeah. What you said was this, probably. You said, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. 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 I mean, and we, we were excited. You know, that was like, the thought behind that was like, oh, we have to do these shows, so we're going to do them. Like, right. that, that's what it was. Like, we, this is how we had to start. We had to start somewhere. And right. 
uh, you know, we were very aware. We're, we're at least three years out from being potentially hired by Second City, just, you know. But there's also, Second City doesn't exist right now. Exactly, exactly. And it, the we, we were in the moment, and we were doing these shows because, you know, we we could feel like it was the start. It was the start. Like, this is, like, what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And, 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 and I hope there are people listening to this right now who are saying, who are thinking to themselves, I really want to do this thing. And I want them to say, oh, all I have to do is do it. Yeah. All that I got to do is do it. Um, what do you think about how the annoyance started? What do you think about the first, when we did Splatter Theater? Yeah. When we did this thing called Metroform at the Metro? Yeah. When we did all those things, you know? The, and uh, <clears throat> that, that's, I mean, Splatter Theater, I, I was in the Splatter reboot, like when it reopened. It was such a fun show. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't get it until I saw the tape of the original Splatter. I was like, oh my God, like this is. Was that, was I in that one? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is crazy. This right. is, it's like, the fact that that show existed, right. like you don't, you, you don't realize it now, but like what it was then, it's like, that was like nothing had been done like that before, nope. and and like uh, you know there was that show that grab ass show, and yes, the midnight show where yes, to me that's something that I don't know if they still do it. I haven't talked to Mick in like like a year, I think, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know when they reopen at the end of the month. If that's still going to be like a midnight show on Fridays, but that was that show is the most fun ever. It's, Why yeah, was that? It's thirty of thirty like of your, your good friends in the audience. At least when I was doing it, it was like. It's all like the new generation of annoyance who was coming up, and we would our Friday and Saturday nights were at the annoyance. Like we were, that was we we lived there, and that was our home. And you were just trying to uh, make your buddies laugh, and like, or make your buddies weirded out, or make them scared of you, or just make them feel something. And there's no better feeling knowing like this is a midnight show. It's it's on a Friday, like you know, like the annoyance. None of this matters, even though it does. You know, because right. it, it it makes you feel good. Uh, it was just, you know, and grab ass for people who don't know is like, you know, it's you put up a one-off sketch that, you know, you come up with the, the idea for that day and you just give the tech person your outline. And it's, you could just, you could try three things out that night mm -hmm. and like big, big things. And uh, that show for like the first year of that theater, someone would take a sketch to a crazy weird place. It was like, what the fuck am I seeing right now? Like, uh uh, was it Mark Veneer? Mark Veneer did one where he he kind of dressed up like Richard Simmons and taught a three minute aerobics class and just like like on the stage and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. We were like, what? And then and the next week, uh, Kyle uh, mm -hmm. put on all latex and mm -hmm. uh, it, it, like a really weird. He was like a creepy neighbor listening to his neighbors have sex uh, and. Like, like, like the, the one of the funkiest things to see on stage, and everyone's just like kind of challenging each other, like to take it to like a different place of like, I've never seen something like this before. It's, it's, and what you're doing, what you're doing there is they've developed Mick and Jen um, and Jennifer have developed a sanctuary. Yes, they've absolutely. essentially developed a sanctuary where where you are accepted, and uh, it's it's not the island of misfit toys. Yeah. Because nobody's misfit. Everybody's doing what the fuck it is that they're doing. Yes. And the moment, if you want to say, yeah, we're rebels, it's like, why, why do that instead of just being there? Because when you say we're rebels or we're misfit toys, then you have to portray that thing. And like, you could see the people who would come in annoyance being like, uh, oh yeah, I'm going to be one of the misfits. They're immediately 
so, like they're not part of it. No, <laughs> they're merely on because the outside. Because that's not what it's about. Yeah, it's yeah. not about it's not about do whatever the fuck you want to do. And it's and and I think a lot of people think that it's about do what the audience says, do whatever you want to do. Or maybe it used to be that. And I would come to their shows and I would look at somebody doing that and I was thinking, why are you, why are you doing that? It's really impossible to work with you when you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you do forget. Like I'm, I'm not. You don't forget, but I, I think there are people, and it's easy to uh, label the annoyances like, uh, or not label, but, but to for, it's easy to forget that at the root of everything, there's very sound, great improv. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> and mixed philosophy is at the root of everything, which, is, uh, which allows you to take chances. But also, like, there are, you know, there are paths to stay in that, that will really create good scene work and, and create great shows. Right. And it's easy to forget that because it's the idea of like, do whatever and, you know, say fuck and, you know, like, it doesn't mean like be a bad scene partner. No, 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 no. And again, it's just about that same thing with life, which is take care of yourself yeah. and everything else is going to come to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's stop there. Cool. That was really great. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrosowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.